0: Hey everybody! Welcome back to but White of the podcast. And ten years ago this year, Full Metal Alchemist the manga ended. So we're gonna talk about it. As always, I'm your host Kate. I'm here with Adrian.
1: Hey, how's it going?
0: Matt is not here today, <laughs> and to stand in though, we have Nisha. Hey guys.
1: Yeah, I think I think you know why Matt's not here today.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he is gonna be getting a fine. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna fine for sure. <laughs> um Benicia, why don't you tell everybody why we asked you to be on this episode because we're talking about
2: full metal alchemist which is perfect because it's one of my favorite anime and me you and you do an anime podcast so this just feels like did you have to like an extension of that right now with adrian <laughs> joining us so. <laughs> sorry i'm just hijacking y'all show this is an anime podcast now <laughs>
0: <laughs> i don't think me and adrian would complain matt i may have some words <laughs> this is true <laughs> um okay so my question to start us off is and since matt's not here i don't have to ask if you all have seen full metal alchemist so i'm gonna get to ask my real question what do you all love about full metal alchemist adrian
1: um i think I think it's like the side characters like I'm a big sucker for like side characters outside of kind of like our like the main cast. And like the main brothers are great, but you just have like all these dope other characters that get thrown into the mix as like the world builds and builds and builds. And that's just awesome. Like they're not just getting young like every five seconds or, you know, killed like Krillin or stuff like they actually do stuff and they're uh, badass. And some of my favorite like voice actors are part of this. So I also like hearing their voices in in the show. Roy Mustang's my boy.
0: Yes, nice. yes, he's all of our boy. <laughs> I think I think he's our boy for very different reasons.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely, very different.
0: <laughs> I have good
2: intentions, for Roy Mustang. I don't
0: know you trying to insinuate here. We've all seen your Twitter. It's okay. This is true, ma'am.
1: <laughs> you ma'am.
2: No. Oh, just put me in thirst jail. It's fine. <laughs>
1: Kate's gonna be there with you, it's fine.
0: <laughs> we're sad. I, we're I have never done anything thirsty in my life. Oh ma'am ever. ma'am.
1: Ma'am, do we need to go do we need to bring up what you tweeted today and what you're looking for on the internet today?
2: Did you not say a bug man is your man?
0: Leave him alone. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what I love about Full Metal Alchemist, um, is really just the relationships. Uh one of my favorite parts of the series and this goes between the two brothers but also from the brothers to everybody around them is the the creator takes time or took time to really detail out relationships and test them. Like there isn't just nobody has a bond in Fullmetal Alchemist that is just easy. All of them go through issues and all of them come out stronger and some form that you don't even think would form at all. Um, and I think that that's one of the most beautiful things, because kind of to Adrian's point, where side characters a lot of the times get yamcha uh, the ones in Fullmetal Alchemist Brotherhood, specifically, take time to grow and develop, but they don't grow and develop by themselves. They're always pushed by somebody else who is there with them. So it feels like a really complete world that you can just step into and understand. Nisha? Um, for me, just...
2: Amazing female characters. I feel like it's at the top of my list. There's just so many to pick from. There's Winry, there's Riza, my all-time favorite, Olivier, Armstrong, just, mm-hmm. like, can I cuss? I just want to make sure.
0: No F-bombs.
2: Okay, no F-bombs. Baddest bitch ever in Full Metal Alchemist. Just, she's, she's just so dope. And there's, like, there's just really good consistent, like, consistent, they're written very well consistently. And that's what I really like about them. And... Like all the other reasons y'all said, and also Roy Mustang is on that list too. But also, how deep when you get older and you watch Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, and then you understand like, like the, like what the story is based off. It's it kind of just like oh, this made it very deeper and very sad and dark. But also, it's a very good story. So I think those are my reasons.
0: Yay! I think this transitions like perfectly into uh, the history of the series uh, going from the strong female characters is because Fullmetal Alchemist is a shonen manga series and anime written and illustrated by Hiroma Arakawa who is a woman mm-hmm. which if you think back to all the shonen anime shonen uh, manga that we've talked about they really haven't been written by women which is fine because the target demographic is young boys mm-hmm. or teen boys um, but this really shows to me and Adrian you know I used to talk crap about Shonen all the time uh, but like Shonen is such a deep demographic that it really doesn't do its service to limit it to one thing and I think that Fullmetal Alchemist and Eric work does a really good job of showcasing the depth that it can have outside of like uh just regular like hero narrative constraints. Um and just so you know, uh she's probably the most prolific female mangaka um in shonen with uh I would say right after would be Romiko Takahashi who did Inuyasha. Mm. But other than that, you end up with a lot of older age shonen like G- uh, D Gray Man, Blue Exorcist and that kind of stuff and nothing really has the the I don't want to say stay in power, but, like, the large cultural impact as, uh, like, you know, our boy Akira on Dragon Ball and, you know, everything else. Mm-hmm. So it's really cool, and it's one of the reasons uh that, I mean, and the thing is, is, I never knew that it was written by a woman. I never even questioned who it was written by because it was just so well done. Like, I was just like, this is just really great. And then uh, I think I found out, like, maybe two years ago that it was written by a woman, and I was like, oh, that's that's really dope. Um, but it was initially serial uh, serialized in Square Enix's monthly shown in Gangan magazine between July two thousand and one and June twenty ten, and it was later put into twenty seven tankobon volumes. If this is your first time hearing the word tankobon, think of it like a trade paperback of a comic book series. It is essentially chapters put together into one volume to serve usually as a story arc. Um, it's it, it yeah. Tonkaban. <laughs> Volume. Same thing. Um, the manga was published and localized in English by Viz Media in North America, but Yen Press also has the rights for the digital release of the volumes in North America as well due to the series being a Square Enix title specifically. Um, so currently they're doing re-releases of the Tankoban through Viz. I believe they're on chapter 10 out of 27 right now. Um, and as I've said on the show before, Viz kind of has all the big, the big, the big titles. Mm -hmm. Um, the series itself is set in a fictitious country called, uh, Amestris. And their two young brothers, Edward and Alphonse Elric, are bestowed with the gift of alchemy, the supernatural ability to transform matter. This becomes a burden after their mother dies from an illness before they figure out how to use their alchemic skills. Edward loses his left leg, and Alphonse's entire body is unusable when they try to resurrect her. Um, the boys end up replacing uh, replacing parts of their body with prosthetic limbs, specifically uh, Al. His entire body is just a giant, cute metal robot. Um, Or, I guess, a metal suit of armor because there's nothing in it. Um, and they seek out the legendary Philosopher's Stone in order to heal themselves, and then that quest ends putting them into the middle of this large, giant conspiracy of imperialism that Hermeshtress is at the middle of. Mm -hmm. Um, So it starts really small and localized to just two brothers, and it is still their story throughout the entire series, but it very much goes into these larger themes that we'll get into as we shift into the But Why Those. Thoughts? Editions? Uh
1: yeah. Uh this I didn't know a woman wrote this either, but she's messed up, man. She's messed up. This this <laughs> the show, this show ain't for the faint of heart. <laughs> like this was full stop. Like if you if you're not familiar with it, um yeah, like what you just said all happens like in the first episode and you're just like, Oh, okay. This is this is where we're going. And then it's like like a uh, a fun ride. So I'm glad like you started off with like it's about two boys. Like, no, it's about two boys trying to like save their mom, and then they get mutilated, and then all this other stuff happens. Like, it's, yeah. it's, it's good stuff.
2: Because you're right. Like, no matter how many times I've seen it, I always kind of wish that there's a way. Like, no, baby, stop. Don't try to bring your mother back. Stop. <laughs> stop, little sweet babies. And it's just, I don't know. It's the Mufasa effect. You're like, damn it, don't do this, because yeah. you're going to lose your arm and your leg, and you're going, and your brother's going to lose his body. No. Yeah,
1: if there's like there's like a few things in the series that I just like skip when I go back and rewatch it because I don't need to be put through that pain again. Oh
2: yeah. And she's uh, she's
1: she's excellent at telling these stories because it just comes across so well.
0: Really good. So I'm I just added saddest moments in anime history uh, <laughs> yeah, to definitely. the but why those? Cause I think I've cried during other anime. But like this one just keeps hitting you in the gut, yes. like over and over again, mm-hmm. and it doesn't really stop.
1: Yeah. yeah, there's no fun memes about Full Metal Alchemist. They're all I like mean, sad.
0: Nope, they're all very depressing. They're
2: dark memes. They're very, very dark <laughs> memes. And I'm sure we're gonna get into those, the source of those dark memes, as we continue.
0: Oh, <laughs> Nisha loves them.
2: I love them, but then also, oh, wait, usually- I
0: actually can't. I, I can't I can't talk best because we have matching shirts. We do a certain scene that we'll talk about.
2: We do, yeah. And we have. I'm just, It's just. It's a shame we haven't like worn those shirts while we're at the same place yet. That doesn't cry. Know. But yeah, we could talk about that later. But you're right. This is not for the faint of heart. If they if they go into this, and they're like, oh, it's cutely drawn and it's by a woman and it's going to be a lighthearted story about two boys going on an adventure together. Nah. Nope. Nah. No. Nope. <laughs> no. This
1: ain't Pokémon, uh, man. People <laughs> people dying. I
0: was to say it's like lighthearted in the way that like Avatar is lighthearted, but yes. like for adults. Mm-hmm. Like think about the stuff that happened in Avatar if they could have actually showed you more people dying. <laughs> True? And that's full
2: metal. <laughs> Look, Al- you know what? There are a lot of similarities now that I'm seeing. Genocide,
0: imperialism. Mhm. A cool doing stuff doing cool things with your hands yeah. and making <laughs> Making things using the elements to their advantage. <laughs> uh. Anyway, but uh, that's it. Honestly, that that's it for my introduction. Because as I was doing the notes, like I want <clears throat> to get directly into the but why those because this series has such a long history, and it it all felt like a but why though to me instead of just like uh, instead of uh, just a, a breakdown. Um, And a lot of that has to do with the fact that the series, you have the manga, you have two anime, and both the anime kind of have their own places in like anime canon. So to me, it's it's really important to kind of get to the meat of those. But before we do that, we are going to take a listen to a word from our sponsor, Manscaped. If you're listening to this podcast stuck inside your house with your significant other, I want you to pay close attention. Today's sponsor, Manscaped, can help you out and make the most of your time together. Manscaped promotes clean hygiene when it comes to shaving your balls. It's time to quarantine, Manscaped, and chill. But now that we've said what they want us to say, here's what we think about the products.
1: Yeah, so Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with their perfect package. It's the perfect package for your package. In the Perfect Package 3.0 comes with the Lawnmower 3.0, which is waterproof, cordless, That is has this crazy technology that doesn't nick your balls when you put it next to your balls. Did you hear me? It doesn't nick your balls. That's the best part. But it also comes with some other liquid that are going to help you kind of round out your manscaping routine, which are also fantastic.
2: Wow. You said balls a lot. Because you know why? We're all about keeping good ball hygiene. And I don't know about you all, but as we all know, we all are from Texas, and I've lived here majority of my life. When we have a sango, we sweat sweating our balls off. And so you know what that means? Basically, make sure your balls are in good hygiene. Let's not forget about the crop preserver, the anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits, right?
0: So why not put deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? So I obviously don't have balls, but as Bruce Wayne's bat peen has shown us, significant others very much like them to be shaved. You're probably spending more time than ever with your significant other right now, and let me tell you, we notice if it is not kept nice down there. So, um, the cool thing is is that subscribers get a new replacement blade refill for your lawnmower trimmer, delivered to your door every three months. And I'm going to be honest, I don't think quarantine's going to be done next month, no matter what people say. So having them delivered will help keep you nice and fresh throughout this whole thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, for a limited time, subscribers also get not one, but two free gifts. The Shred Travel Bag, which basically is a bag for all of your wonderful trimmings. And you also get the patented high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped Boxer Briefs. They are Amazing. the most comfortable Boxer Briefs I own. I love them. If I could buy more of them, I would. So you can get 20% off and free shipping with code, but why though at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code, but why though? Most people are loading up on toilet paper, but I'm loading up on manscaped products. Help your relationship out during this quarantine, your partner, your body, and more importantly, your balls Well, thank you.
0: So to steal a page out of Matt's book, uh, the first, but why? Those that it's a, it's a successful franchise uh, or a successful IP specifically. Um, so the manga has been adapted into two television series, two animated films. All of it's been animated by Studio Bones, which is one of the most prolific animation studios that does anime. Um, and it also has light novels. Funimation dubbed the television series, films, and the games as well. Um, another common thread you see in a lot of our anime episodes, Funimation and Viz, two big players. Um, so the Full Metal Alchemist, the movie Conqueror of Shambhala, is a sequel conclusion to the 2003 series. I highly recommend not to watch that. It's, it's bad. It's bad on like a multitude of levels. I think that makes sense. But you know Um, what, sorry, quick thing to add.
2: It's so bad, I cannot find it to watch anywhere. You can't mm -hmm. rent it. It's like they scrubbed it. Like, you cannot watch it anywhere in the U.S. Because I saw it pop up for Australia on my Apple TV, but I cannot rent it here. I was like, this is probably a good thing.
0: Yep. We don't need that. Uh Um, Fun fact, uh, as... Uh, fun fact about uh, about Full Metal Alchemist, it is based on European history and, and the Industrial Revolution, but that also means that um, Arakawa uh, essentially has Erythmus era- eh, as a alternate reality Germany. So uh, in Shambhala, Hitler makes an appearance It's not great, it's not good, we pretend like that doesn't exist. Um the second movie you have is Fulminal Alchemist, The Sacred Star of Milos, and this is set during uh, the time period of Brotherhood. I haven't seen it, so I can't really speak to it. I don't know if either of you have. I've seen it. Is it good, bad?
2: It's good. It is definitely what I need to like rewatch again, because I was kind of like, what's going on? It's, it's very much like one of the Naruto movies. It's like when they go on a mission somewhere and, and it has no impact on the main plot whatsoever. So like most anime movies. But I would say it's pretty good. Okay.
1: Yeah, I haven't seen it.
2: It's better than Conqueror <laughs> Shambhala. That, that is the rating I will give you. So you don't have to watch it though. It's on Netflix. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, also to kind of put some reference uh, for Studio Bones, Studio Bones... Uh, also did, um, it does all of My Hero Academia, Bungo Stray Dogs, um, what else, Mob Psycho. Uh, they're pretty much doing all of the big things currently, um, and they're just, they're just really cool. Nice. Um, and yeah. So the next thing is the f- the live action movie. It also has its live action movie. It's not terrible. And me and Nisha have an entire episode about this movie. Mm-hmm. It's not terrible.
2: Not. It's fine. Just Al don't watch the adorable.
0: Audio- <laughs> it is adorable. Yeah. I mean
2: don't watch the audio dub version, you know, like the English dub voices over it cuz
0: it's bad. It's, that's bad. That's but if you watch it in the original Japanese, it actually is really good. Like Adrian, if you look up some pictures, like the costuming, the wigs, and the actual integration of CG mm-hmm. is really, really well done. Yes, like I think it's 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 one of the better live action animated adaptations. Mm-hmm. Um, that one got into some issues oh. because Arakawa... Doesn't actually like the film because it's an all Japanese cast, and she thought that that took away from the story because she based it on your European Uh-oh. World War Two and the Industrial Revolution. Yeah. So she's just kind, of, she's kind of disavowed it. Um, but it, it's not a bad movie overall. No, um, the, it, it's done fairly well.
1: Uh, first picture I look up is the dog. So I oh. don't oh. Yeah, I don't Sorry, know if I need Adrian. to see that. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, that does get... Yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> that was kind of hard it's, to see.
1: It's like the thumbnail for the trailer.
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's, terrible. <laughs> that that's terrible. That really is bad.
1: <laughs> Who does that? <laughs>
2: that's a sick sense of yeah,
1: humor. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll have to check it out because the images do look cool, but I've just been hurt so many times I by live-action anime movies.
2: I will just say, uh, to prepare you, like, it does take a slight hard lift. Like third act
0: nothing to do with anything you've ever seen before <laughs> right
2: it, t- it takes a slight hard left but still at the end result pretty good roy mustang steals the show ignore al's w- wig besides that yeah. it's it's not bad
1: i'll to check that yeah. out
0: yeah it is fun bleach is also a really fun live action mm-hmm. so not all live actions are bad yeah. some just, of them just, just
1: most of them
0: just all of the American ones and some of the Japanese You just gotta stress adaptation. <laughs> I think that's yeah. Stress that it's an adaptation
2: because I, yeah, we've watched too many uh, terrible But ones.
0: yes, uh, the Nina scene hits very hard <gasps> in live action. I did not. And I wasn't ready for it. Um, we did not need to see Nina.
2: <laughs> yeah, nope.
1: She's huge. That thumbnail picture makes her look huge. Yeah, oh. I'm Very, yep. very concerned. <laughs>
0: Um, in addition to these, uh, into these pieces, you also have audio dramas, so there have been two series, Fullmetal Alchemist audio dramas, and the first is, uh, the first volume of the first series is Fullmetal Alchemist Volume 1, The Land of Sand, and it was released before the anime and tells a similar story to the first novel. The Tringham brothers reprise their role, their anime roles. Uh, Fullmetal Alchemist Volume 2, False Light, Truth, Shadow, and Full Alchemist. Full, out, full, metal, full Metal Alchemist, Volume 3, Criminal Scar, are stories based on different manga chapters, and their state military characters are different from those in the anime as well. And then there's the second series, which is only available through Shonen Gangan, um, Square Enix's serial, serialized publication, and it consists of two stories in the series, each with two parts, and the first, full metal, the first is Full Metal Alchemist, Ogutari of the Fog, and the second is Full Metal Alchemist, Crown of Heaven. Um, I am actually interested to in see if I can find at least the, the ones that aren't tied to Square Enix because I am, <laughs> quarantine, I'm good with just listening to audio novels now and stuff, or audio dramas, I have nothing better to do. Um, I was really surprised that there are a crap ton of video games. Like, a lot. I did not even include them all here because it was just too much um, but the ones of note is that Square Enix released three role-playing games uh, for Fullmetal Alchemist. It's called Fullmetal Alchemist and the Broken Angel, Fullmetal Alchemist, Curse of the Crimson Elixir, and Fullmetal Alchemist, uh, Kamio Sugu Shoujo. Um Bandai also released two RPG titles, Fullmetal Alchemist, Stray Rondo, and Fullmetal Alchemist, Sonata of Memory for the Game Boy Advance, and one Dual Symphony for the Nintendo DS. Um, in Japan... Uh, Bandai released an RPG Fullmetal Alchemist to the promised day for PSP in 2010 as well. And a lot of these end up just being Japanese releases, which makes... I mean, I understand why anime is a Japanese thing. But as an anime fan in the U.S., I wish they would just give us some in mm-hmm. the U.S. Because I want something more than a fighting game that is based on an anime that I love. Yes,
2: I did actually play um, the, one, the Dual Symphony one for Nintendo DS. So oh, yeah, was it, was it good? It's so fun. It is good, and there's like mini games where you got to draw the circles with your little stencil on the DS, and all a <laughs> mini. There's like all these fun mini games to play, and the fights are good. And it's, I just wish I had my DS still, but I don't know where that thing is.
0: <laughs> Someone will find it when you move. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. <laughs> um. Addi- additionally, Destiny released a game uh, based on the trading card game in North America for the DS. Eric um, Kawa oversaw the story and designed the characters for the RPG games, while uh, Studio Bones, who was responsible for the anime series, produced several of the animation sequences of them. The developers looked at other titles, specifically Square Enix's King- Kingdom Hearts and other games that were already based on manga series, such as Dragon Ball Naruto and One Piece games for inspiration, and the biggest challenge was to make a full-fledged game rather than a simple character-based one um tomoyo asano the assistant producer for the game said that the development took more than a year unlike most of the character based games that they did um and that makes sense because like i said the majority of the anime games we get are either fighters or something that is super super linear that you end like it's not really fun because you're just redoing the thing that you watched in the anime Mm -hmm. um In addition to that, the manga has sold over 70 million volumes worldwide, which makes it one of the best-selling manga series. To put that in perspective, however... The two, the top two best-selling manga series is One Piece with 470 million units sold, and Dragon Ball, uh, Dragon Ball Z with 300 million sold. But those two have 96 volumes and 42 volumes, respectively. The 70.3 million that Full Metal Alchemist has is just based on 27 volumes of manga. So I think that that's a really important stat. It's not top ten, but it is still one of the best-selling ones. And it's one of... I mean, it has two, it has two anime because it was that good. Right. Um, as much as the myth is that they did it to correct the sins of the first Fullmetal Alchemist, <laughs> it was just because it was selling so well that they wanted to capitalize it and make another anime. Um. The series has become one of Square Enix's best performing properties, along with Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest. And with the release of Volume 27, the manga sold over 50 million copies in Japan. As of January 10th, 2010, every volume of the manga has sold over a million copies each in Japan specifically. That doesn't even count the U.S. Uh, The series is also one of Viz Media's bestsellers, appearing on Bookscan's Top 20 Graphic Novels and USA Today's Booklist, It was also featured in the Diamond Comic Distributors Poll of Graphic Novels and the New York Times Bestseller Manga Lists. The English release of the manga's first volume was also the top-selling graphic novel of all of 2005. Um, Producer Koji Taguchi of Square Enix said that Volume 1's initial sales were 150,000 copies, and those grew to 1.5 million copies after the first anime aired. Um, prior to the second anime's premiere, each volume sold at about 1.9 million copies, and that changed to 2.1 million copies once Brotherhood ended up coming out. So with each, I mean, and it makes sense. Like me, I'm pretty sure everybody out there is like is like like me, where it's like, oh, I really love this anime. I need to know what happens next, and so you jump into where your anime finished and you go get more, mm-hmm. uh, more in manga form. Um, so that makes sense. um, the English release of the manga's first volume was the top selling graphic novel during two thousand and five, and in two t v asahi web pools uh, yeah Asahi web polls, the anime was voted the most popular anime of all time in Japan, which I found that, but I don't feel like that is correct given yeah Dragon Ball um, i'm like'm I'm, I'm, I'm thinking Man?
1: yeah, I'm thinking back to like our time in Japan and like, given, like, the numbers that you said, I'm, there was a lot of, I mean, obviously, like, Dragon Ball and, like, that series takes up a lot of the stuff, but there was a lot of Full Metal Alchemist stuff. I wouldn't say it was, like, everywhere and kind of, like, the most popular thing that I saw, but given there was only 27 volumes of it, there was, like, a lot of Full Metal Alchemist stuff um, all over uh, Akihabara, like, specifically, like, everywhere, and with yeah. Only, yeah, just like the amount that there is, it's crazy. Like how popular it was. So like a lot of that tracks, but I don't know if it was like the most popular. But they really yeah. do. But it was, but it was everywhere. It was like Dragon. Like it's like I, I probably saw it more than like some like some of the Naruto stuff. Uh, oh wow. Yeah. So it was. Yeah, they like it over there.
0: Yeah, I mean, and then for the anime specifically, at the American Anime Awards in 2007, it was eligible for eight awards, nominated for six awards, and won five.
1: It, it did bring out some cool stuff for, like, the long series. I mean, beat out Naruto, Inyasha, Roni Kenshin, and Samurai Champloo. Like, mm-hmm. that's pretty fucking good.
0: That's Oh, yeah. Amazing. And it is uh in manga sales. It's right below Roni Kenshin. Yeah. So.
1: Beat out yeah. all those people on the cast, too. That's pretty good.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, it, it did really, really well at the time. And I can see why. Um, but much how Arakawa puts sadness into all of her stories, I'm going to have to interject the sadness right here. I didn't even write down the moments because we all know what they are. Mm-hmm. So, uh, in all honesty, one of the reasons that Fullmetal Alchemist matters is because it has some of the saddest and most referenced moments in anime history. Um, the big two specifically is Nina and Maze Hughes is uh, Maze Hughes dying and his funeral. Um, so Nina, who we have mentioned, oh yeah, there's going to be spoilers because, I mean, it's been out for a long time, so keep keep listening if you want. I recommend it because these hearing us describe a scene is going to hit a lot differently when you watch it. Mm-hmm. I can guarantee it. Um, so specifically, Nina, Nina was the daughter of Show Tucker who was one of the people that was supposed to help Ed and Al learn more about alchemy. But Tucker, like many Shonen uh, bad guys, was obsessed with power and obsessed with making his name as an alchemist. And to do that, he wanted to make the perfect chimera. To do that, he then decided to take the family dog and Nina and create a hybrid. And you have, uh, you essentially have uh, Al who discovers her. And Edward, or no, Ed discovers her, yeah. Edward and Al discover her, and you just have Nina saying Edward, and she is no longer a human child, but she is a human child mixed with a dog. It is one of the most disturbing and heartbreaking things that you will ever watch in anime. And, uh, Arakawa did that! She, she did that. She put us through that. I was 12 when I saw that the first time. <laughs> yep. I'm
1: just upset thinking about it I just hear the voice and I'm just upset I remember seeing that shirt for the first time at a convention and like my jaw dropped and I was like who made this shirt who made this fusion dance shirt and put it into a thing and I hate that you both have it and whenever I see you wearing it in public Kate I'm probably gonna cry (laughs)
0: to add some context it is a uh, it is a shirt that has a transmutation circle on it and then it has Nina and the dog doing the fusion dance from Jack and And funny story, it's you sent me the picture.
2: And you're like, do you want one? And I'm like, yes, give me one. And I followed up, but you didn't see the follow-up text. Like, give me the one with Squirtle. No, Kate thought...
1: <laughs> Kate! Kate
2: thought that I would want that one, but she wasn't wrong. Because... I also yeah, saw the messed... Nina one, I'm like, this yeah. is why we're friends. We it's both. messed up at
1: conventions, because it was like, they, yeah, they have it. They have, like, the Squirtle one, and then they have, like, the Panda one, and then they have the Nina one, like, right next to all of this wholesomeness. And, yeah, the maker of that shirt, come on.
2: But, like, why, why you have you me? seen the cosplays? Like, when people cosplay as them?
1: Dude, I might punch <sighs> somebody. <laughs> I have seen... probably uppercut somebody. I
2: literally have seen, like, duet cosplays. Where, like, the girl will be there, and then somebody will do the transmutation thing, and then, like, poof, the dog will come. Or, like, the person who, like, is the dog hybrid chimera, and, like, they're standing up, walking like a human, and then they bend over, it's, and then they're a dog.
0: It's really terrifying. It's uh, terrifying. really terrifying.
2: So I'm just, just going to
1: put a wig on Blossom and call it a day.
0: But well, just- yeah, so this is where <laughs> it gets into. This, this, this is one of the saddest moments, and when you look at, like, a whole bunch of lists and stuff, it'll, it'll be up there. Um, but it's also one of the most memed things on the internet, or at least on Twitter, on Anna's Twitter, which is the anime side of Twitter. Um, and you will in fact find a whole bunch of people taking pictures of their white dogs with wigs. Mm-hmm. It's bad. It's, it's really bad. It's so bad. But then it's like, you laugh, and then you cry. You laugh through the pain.
2: Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but, like, the funeral stuff, like, no one's memeing that.
2: No. <laughs> yes. We're not, so, we're not uh, heartless. Oh, see, Kate. Uh, uh, just in
1: the picture. See, stop.
0: <laughs> yeah, is. so the other scene, That's going to be
1: our thumbnail for this episode. <laughs> oh,
0: no. <laughs> oh. The sad thing is, is Blossom actually has, like, the fur, like, like her dog.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's I like. I just saw the picture again. I'm like, oh, I could do that with Blossom. But then I'm like, that's. I don't. I don't. I'm not putting that out in the world. I'm good.
0: So the second saddest scene is, uh, and actually, really, it's like a, it's not a scene more so it was a moment. Um, Maze Hughes. So in in the story, uh, as in the first season, as Ed and Al, uh, first season of Full Metal Brother, or Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. I don't remember where it lands in mm-hmm. Full Metal Alchemist, um, but you have every, all, the boys and the, essentially their caretakers, Roy Mustang, May Hughes, um, the commanders that they've gotten really close to, are starting to investigate and get closer to this underlying um, kind of cabal of alchemy and uh that, that has been fueling like one fuel the genocide of the ishbalan people mm-hmm. but also is aiming to control the central which is the city in uh, erythmist um and Maze hughes gets really close and he ends up calling mustang on the phone in a phone booth and he uh opens the door because somebody knocks on it and it's his wife only it's not his wife! It's Envy. It's the Homunculi Envy. Um, and Homunculi are creatures that are created through the Philosopher's Stone, and they have Philosopher's Stones in them. Um, they each have different power sets, and this is based off the Seven Deadly Sins. And Envy can turn into anybody. Um, and Envy turns into his wife. And because it's his wife, he doesn't shoot, he doesn't do anything. And he ends up getting shot. Um... And it is the most depressing thing. And at his funeral, oh. you have Roy Mustang and Reza. And Reza's, you know, just asking if he's okay. And he's like, uh, what's the actual line? I, I, it's it's I, raining. I, uh, it's like... it's Oh, yeah. Uh, he looks up and he says it looks like it's starting to rain. And Reza's like, but it's not raining. <laughs> and Roy's like, yes, it is. This is the rain. And it's just tears coming down his face. And it is... One of the saddest things, and also I could see so many of my guy friends doing this, and it is just really sad. It hurts. Yes.
2: And also, his
0: daughter, like, why are they putting daddy in the ground? He has work to do. I'm like, stop. (laughs) And then... You come, I think it's season three, I think you go a whole season, and you don't realize that Ed and Al don't know that Maze is dead. And then he reunites with them, and they think that Maze is still alive. And they lie to them! They lie to them to make make them think that Maze is still alive. And then they find out, because somebody who wasn't in on lying to them tells them, and the boys break down. Mm -mm. And it is just depressing and the death of Maze Hughes is one of those anime deaths that just ripples through the entire series and just hurts every time. Mm-hmm.
2: And isn't it also like they feel partly guilty for his death because yep. he was helping them investigate the Philosopher's Stone yep. also. Uh it just that one really hits hard. Yep. He's a good character. And then,
0: <laughs> then there is another one. Uh I think it's second season where Al is caught by this group of homo- by the group of homunculi. And it's homunculi and humans, and they're running away from the military. And King Bradley shows up. Fear King Bradley, who is the leader of everything, but also a bad guy. Um, but they don't know that at this point. And he's hiding the girl that he's become friends with of the people that kidnapped him in his suit of armor. And then she starts to fight back with his suit of armor. And then King Bradley kills her inside of him. And it is one of the most depressing moments. And you don't see anything in that moment other than the sword go in. And then immediately after, them cleaning him out. And it's just like, Al is a child. Mm -hmm. Al is still a child in this show. And he had somebody killed inside of him. Like, it's a lot.
2: Yes. It's like, Al doesn't have a body. Like, but I don't know if it's ever talked about, like, I don't think he has to sleep and I don't think he can, like, necessarily feel. But it's still something where, like, this is his body and his body has been violated. Like, you because he's a child. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, God. Like and he can't it's not and, like he can wash it out. It's not like I mean you know, he can't get yeah. that feeling out.
0: Yeah. And there's just like so much more of that because this series just really deals with uh war, <laughs> the ref- refugees, genocide, like everything. Um, but one of its uh one There's of some the funny big... stuff
1: too. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> like, there's funny, there's funny stuff. There's, There's joy. some joy There's... in this show. Oh, sorry. Can, no,
2: I, can, add, there? can I add one more saddest yeah. moment? Yeah. When Scar puts Nina and Alexander out of their misery. It's so sad. Yeah. But it was justified. But it's so sad.
0: It's, it's real bad. Oh. He was trying to help. Um... Now, th- there is a lot of funniness, um, both in the anime and the manga, and it's one of the signatures of it is, in the midst of all of this sadness, you end up with yankama panels, so yankama, or like, it's written out for the number four coma. K-O-M-A, Yankoma panels are four panel comedy shorts that will show up in the manga. And it's usually chibi versions of the characters doing funny things because Arakawa is like, oh, I totally decimated you. Let me build you up with some funniness. In the anime, it pretty much happens the same way. There are a lot of moments where you just see really like chibi drawings or like really rudimentary drawings of characters for levity. And it sometimes makes you forget that something horrible happened. Other times it's just like, what? Why is this here? Something horrible just happened. Um, yeah. This is true. <laughs> it helps. It helps a little bit. Thoughts, Adrian?
1: Um, I like the humor stuff because all that stuff just made me really sad. Uh <laughs> Like, whenever they call him, like, little and small, and then he gets all pissed off. Like, no matter how many times it happens, I still think it's funny, just because, like, how angry (laughs) he gets. Uh, Yeah, so, like, there there is some funny stuff that happens, and there's, like, some really, like, cute moments and, like, wholesome moments. But when you have people getting turned into dogs, and, like, this premise of the show literally comes from, like, these dark hands ripping away these children's limbs and bodies... Like you have to have something in there to kind of balance this stuff out because because like I know like there's some dark stuff, but this is still like a shown in kids show mm-hmm. <laughs> like at the end of the day, like I watched this as a kid, and I don't know if i could if I could have watched it the entire time without like some funniness uh spread throughout
0: yeah, yeah. um the other. The, one of the other but why those for me and, and something that I really wanted to put in here is the, uh, the world building. The world building for me in FMA is hands down like one of the best done and one of the most expansive worlds. It only has five, you know, 27 volumes or five seasons of, of uh, the proper anime of, of, of Mother uh, Alchemist Brotherhood. Um, so it's not super long, but every piece of this world has been thought out. So the world is really steampunk in nature, and it's primarily styled styled off of the European Industrial Revolution. Um, It's set in a fictional universe in which alchemy is, is one of the advanced natural techniques revolved around scientific laws of equal exchange. The series follows the adventures of two alchemist brothers, and essentially, in this world, they're kind of like these oddities because in order to perform alchemy and, and this is one of the things that I really like that our Eric did was she thought up her own basis of alchemy. And when you read some of her interviews, she talks about how she had to make up her own world of alchemy because she went, when she went to go read books on alchemy, which is a real thing, mm-hmm. uh, all of them contradicted each other. So she, she made up the, the concept of equivalent exchange and she kind of mapped out what has to happen. Um, All of the alchemists have to use transmutation circles and have to essentially, like, they have to use something to help them do alchemy, whereas because Ed, uh, because Ed and Al went to essentially the other side, to the Gate of Truth is what it's called, and received all of the knowledge, they don't need that. Specifically, Ed doesn't need that. Um, and so that's why they call him Full Metal Alchemist. Um, everybody always thinks that Al is a full Metal alchemist, but he's not. Mm-hmm. Um, and so essentially alchemists who work with the government are known as state alchemists, and this is what uh this is what Ed is, and they're automatically given the rank of major in the military. So uh Eric Kala also maps out this entire military structure as well for the world of Full Metal Alchemist. Alchemists ultimately, with the help of transmutation circles, can create anything into something else that they desire. Um, however, when they do so, they have to provide something of equal value in accordance to the law of equivalent exchange, which is why, um, in order to save, um, Al's soul, Ed had to give up his body, or pieces of his body in order to do it. Um, the only thing alchemists are forbidden from transmuting are humans and gold. Um, so there has never been a successful human transmutation, and those who attempt it lose a part of their body and result and the result of it is usually an inhuman mass like just it's ugly mm-hmm. it is it the way it's drawn is just kind of terrifying um and ascent uh, the attemptees are confronted by truth um, when they go into the into that realm when they try to transmute and truth is a godlike being who tauntingly regulates all alchemy use and whose um, near featureless appearance is relative to the person whom truth is conversing with. Arakawa has explained that it's a mirror. So essentially when you go in and you see truth, you're actually looking at yourself, which is how truth dictates what is equivalent and what isn't, because it's based off of your own standards versus like a universal standard, because everybody values things differently. And so attemptees of human transmutation are also thrown into the gate of truth where they receive the overwhelming dose of information, but this also allows them to transmute without a circle like the boys do, Um, and it is possible to bypass the law of equivalent exchange if you use a philosopher's stone, which is a red enigmatic substance. Philosopher's stones can also be used to create homunculi, who are artificial humans of proud nature. Homunculi have numerous superhuman abilities, unique among each of them, and they're all looked down upon by humanity. They're seen as evil, and a lot of the times they are, until you get to understand them more and see that they're not truly evil all the time. Um, And the thing here is the Philosopher's Stone, because Arakawa likes to put people in pain, um, specifically her readers, is created by killing a whole bunch of people. Which is the reason the genocide of the Ishbalan people happened in Universe. Um, Ishbal is a conservative, uh, is uh, is a region which with a very conservative religion, and it rejects all of alchemy, um, and was destroyed in the Ishbalan Civil War that was instigated when a soldier shot an Ishbalan child. But what you later find out is this was done so that king bradley and father who is father is the big bad of the whole thing could create philosopher stones um this is very much reminiscent of the holocaust in nature um and uh uses a lot of terminology and a lot of um imagery that represents that uh they're in, it's not lost on anybody that Ishbalins are actually modeled off of middle eastern civilizations mm-hmm. or middle eastern peoples um so they they're they have brown skin and everybody who is hurting them are white because it's based on germany um so it gets really deep really fast um because it deals with this, you often see Full Metal Alchemist being brought up in conversations about fascism and anime, but I would say specifically that Eric Kawa's interpretation of fascism here isn't positive, because the entirety of the story is about bringing it down and why it's bad. Um, so I don't like when I see people saying that it, 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 it's like, uh, Talia, or something like that. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So outside of um, Amestris, there is also uh, Erika also built out an entire world of uh, of, of other alchemy called Alka history. So there are other countries, and but you don't really see any of them in the main story. The only one that you get really notice of is Shing. Um, and this is a heavily, this is a, com- this is a country modeled off of China. And it has a complex system of clans and emperors, as opposed to Amestris' government-controlled election of a fewer. Um, it also has its own system of alchemy called alchemy, and this is very, it's a very different concept of what alchemy is. Alchemy in Amestris is used for military purposes. It's used for to hurt people essentially and to fight. Whereas alchihistory is specifically used for medicine and medicinal purposes, and it can be bilocated using a kunai. Um, In turn, it's also implied that other countries have their own versions of alchemy as well, but we haven't really seen those worlds. Um, So yeah, that's, for me, these are kind of like the main points as to why this is so so big and honestly the concept of equivalent exchange itself and how it's brought through the entire series is something that is extremely thought out and detailed um and she carries through it with each thing so for me this is honestly one of my favorite world building anime i agree and i mean like i didn't know that
2: she came up with the um concept of equivalent exchange but it just makes so much sense when you think about like how chemi- when you think about how chemistry works, which like alch- alchemy is like a form of chemistry also, and like they mention that kind of stuff in the show too. But it's like it makes sense. You have in order to get something, you have to put the same amount of something into it, like to get what yeah. you want. Like if you want to make water, you need oxygen, <laughs> and you need yeah. hydrogen in order to get to get it. So I th- I, I never knew she came up with that concept, but it, it's it's perfect
1: uh yeah i think like trying to think like the other shonen that we've covered i think this is probably the deepest shonen like world building that we've covered i'm sure there's like other anime with like deeper worlds but when it comes to like what we've covered so far this is definitely one of the biggest and most kind of like in-depth worlds you can't just be like oh lalo equivalent exchange and then like not think about it because (laughs) then you're gonna have like inconsistencies and stuff but they nail it pretty well in this show um yeah, I mean, the only thing I can think of, like, outside of that would maybe be, like, like One Piece, maybe, maybe Gundam, because those are, like, pretty big worlds, but, like, also they've been going on forever, yeah. right. and the show I, hasn't, so. Yeah,
0: because I was going to say, like, one of the, I think it was, uh, uh I think it's, I think you pronounce the name Tita, but Kubo, the, the mangaka bet- behind Bleach. Mm-hmm because Bleach has, like, with Mundo and the Serite and, like, all these different places, but that's yeah. when it's done really badly because yeah. you, that is where you just throw something out and then don't come back to it. Yeah. Whereas this is, like, always, like, it... it there is a, a set of rules by which the world of Fullmetal Alchemist abides by, and those, those rules don't change. Even mm-hmm. when there's a twist thrown in, you find, like... Eric Kawa takes the time to explain why that twist happened and how it fits into the existing world that we know. Mm-hmm.
2: Which is a good point because, like, when I think about other shonen world building, like, yeah, like Adrian, like you said, like One Piece has massive world building. But then there's also, like, Dragon Ball Z, for example. It's like, it's kind of like, it's weird when you really think, you sit back and you think, like, it is a show with aliens and robots and, the, and gods. and... <laughs> and space police like it's like it has expanded over the years and when you'd like break it down yeah. like this seems convoluted but it works um but i think whereas you have full metal alchemist it builds the world out in a way and at a good pace where it just fits perfectly yeah. and makes so much yeah. sense together yeah
1: it's big because it needs to be big not big because it's you need to put in more stuff yes. like it's just big from the get-go which i think is great it's like yeah. why i like like I mean, Hunter x Hunter probably never coming back ever again, but like that oh. is <laughs> don't the only say thing I can that. think of that's like, come on, I love Hunter x Hunter. Like, it has such cool world building, but like,
2: yeah. we
1: don't get to see any of it because it's, just, it's not around anymore. Uh, Berserk
2: sure. fans and Hunter x Hunter fans are just like right here with each other, just yeah. waiting. Yeah. And I'm both of them. Uh, but you're right.
0: And I wonder if that also has to do with the fact that she didn't want this to keep going on for a long time like mm-hmm. she just made it and she had a vision and was okay with stopping it and that's honestly my fear about my hero academia because yeah. that <sighs> yeah because he's still going even though he said he only wanted it to go up to a certain point point. and it's like yo, oh boy slow down please <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i've seen this happen to too many yeah. I mean, <laughs>
1: Galactic Police, maybe <of> courts.
2: <laughs> no, that's a. <laughs> they're good, coming. Oh gosh, oh, that is scary thing. Because like, yeah, you're right. Like, I think it is a powerful thing though, when the creators get to set the pace and end the series when they're ready for it to end. I mean, will I be torn up inside if that happens to my Hero Academia in the next two years? Absolutely. I don't want that to happen yet. But I think Full Metal Alchemist is a very powerful way of like. Her having the power to end the story when she was ready to end it allows the story to be as good as it is.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Who else is getting Um, two animes out of their show or out of their money too? Like,
2: (laughs) well. Yep, I could see a third one if they really want to do it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so that goes into the next. But why though? There are two whole animes, two whole ass animes for one manga. Mm-hmm. Um, they are completely different than each other. What? Uh, they're both based on Full Metal Alchemist, um, but there are differences. There is the first Full Metal Alchemist, and then there's Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. And while the second one, or while the second one is regarded as one of the few perfect animes, uh, the first one is not, like, at all. Um, so, first some background, when the manga began serialization, Arakawa was considering several major plot points, including the ending. She wanted the Elric brothers to recover their bodies, at least partially. As the plot continued, she thought that some characters were maturing and decided to change some of those scenes as time went on. When around 40 manga chapters had been published, Arakawa said that the series was nearing its end and she would try to increase the pace of the narrative to avoid making some chapters less entertaining than others. Unnecessary details from each of them were removed and the climax was developed more quickly. During the development of the first anime, Arakawa allowed the anime staff to work independently from her and and she... So, to hit where anime fans' biggest issues are... Mm -hmm. Arakawa explicitly asked that the ending be different than the manga. She said that she wanted, she did not want it to feel like it was repeating the same ending in both media, and she wanted to make the manga longer so she could develop characters. This is where you end up with the two biggest problems for a lot of anime fans. Um,. And for a lot of manga fans, this was the their first instance of realizing what happens when the show outpaces the manga, mm. and it is also when they realize what happens when things take a big left turn. And I will let you and Adrian talk about it, specifically Adrian, because of the look on his face right now.
1: Yeah, it's just one of those things like, I know people hate filler, but like, this is why filler exists.
0: <laughs>
2: like, so I don't we like, don't like don't this, have this I don't like this kind of filler. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but like this isn't filler. Like this is like, hey, we're gonna go do this thing over here, and we don't care about the anime. At least like the filler kind of like let let us catch up a little bit. Like let's the person draw the things, okay. and this is like, <laughs> hey, we're just gonna go do something completely different. Like there's like nothing. I don't think there's anything like inherently wrong with full uh Full Metal Alchemist, like the first one. I think like it's fine, but like the way that I see it, it's like watching like Dragon Ball GT, like and, and having not watched like any other. In my opinion, like, have you not watched any other Dragon Ball and be like, oh, like, this is okay. But, like, i never watched, like, Dragon Ball Z or, like, Dragon Ball. And, like, you're just missing out on a better thing if you watch mm-hmm. the first one. So just watch the yeah. second one if you've never watched it. Don't put yourself through the first one because you're just not going to get, like, the true to to form kind of story. The full
2: experience. I don't, it's just weird. It's just it weird. It is weird. I've literally stopped my cousin. I'm like, oh, watch, I'm watching a new anime. And my cousin's, like, you know, 15. So new to them is what they discover on Netflix. And she's like... Baki! I hope she's not watching Baki. But she's like, I I found this show, it's called Full Metal Alchemist. Have you ever heard of it? I'm like, yeah, it's great. And and I'm like, are you watching Brotherhood? She's like, what's that? Is it the sequel? I'm like, no. I I literally made her open her phone. I I deleted the other one out. I'm like, go watch this one instead. (laughs) (laughs) I refuse to let my family watch Subpar. (laughs) anime. But, I mean, like, you're right, it's yeah. not anything that's terribly wrong with it. It's just, like, you lose a lot of character development. You lose a lot of, like, quality, good moments from the series. And, like, I can't even to this day recite what happens at the ending. It. I know it's nothing that we see in Brotherhood, which I, I think I, I really do hate the ending of the first anime. I, I mean, I don't know if it ends with Al just, like, being lost or ed being lost but it, like you said it goes into shambhala like it's just it's a yeah. mess
0: it's a weird ending yeah and it would be fine but brotherhood's ending is just so much yeah better. it's just better that's brotherhood's just what it is right like is it's just so it's much fine. More emotional
1: it's fine, but then you could just like not do that. Like you could go watch that, or like just don't, and then just watch the better would thing. Would you like con-
2: a McDouble, or would you like a T-bone steak? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: That like McDouble's is- like, fine. Like it'll, it'll get me through. But I mean, if you're gonna savor that T-bone steak, there's lots of character development yes, in that T-bone steak. Exactly.
2: All that fat. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> you want that fat, juicy character <laughs> development and fully. And you don't get Armstrong's sister. You don't get Olivier in full metal alchemist no. you don't get that whole arc you-, you
0: don't get any of the good stuff in full metal alchemist because <sighs> like i said earlier full metal alchemist proper that entire thing is just the first season of brotherhood
1: mm-hmm. yeah um yeah, exactly
0: yeah uh so to talk about that when watching the ending of the anime, the first one, uh, Arakawa was amazed by how different the homunculi creatures were from the manga, and she enjoyed how the staff speculated about the origins of the villains. <laughs> because Arakawa hopes helped Studio Bone's staff in the making of the series, she was kept from focusing on the manga's cover illustrations and had, um, had little time to make them. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Ooh, burp. Yeah, so... There we go. And as we go into it, while it may not it may have an infamous infamous place in anime history. Um, In 2005, Japanese television network TV Asahi conducted a top 100 online poll and nationwide survey. Fullmetal Alchemist was placed first in the online poll and 20th in the survey. In 2006, the same network conducted another online poll for the top 100 anime and Fullmetal Alchemist placed first again. Um, IGN also named the first anime the 95th best Best animated series. They said that although it was mostly upbeat and it had amazing action scenes, it also touches upon the human condition. Then you have Brotherhood, um, and the first fourteen episodes of Fullmetal Alchemist Brotherhood received a lot of cri- criticism, especially from the Anime News Network staff, because they said there was repeating events from the first anime and it lacked the suspense. And I can understand that, but that la- when that arc ends you know that craps going going completely different and you get four more seasons after that so i would say even if you watch the first see the first anime you should definitely go back and watch all of brotherhood because even when they like even when they redo what happened in the first full metal alchemist they do it in a different way um and the nina and may scenes happen there so mm. Yeah, um, and then, yeah, so much praise, much praise was given to the climactic episodes for the way action scenes, the way action scenes and morals were conveyed in them, and then many reviewers found them, uh, found the conclusion of Woman of Alchemist Brotherhood to be, uh, better than the first one, which I think we all agree with on here. Unanimously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, the next but why there was female characters like Nisha talked about. Uh, so for Arakawa, the inclusion of women in different roles was extremely important. And we get to see housewives, military generals, alchemists, and more. And this is really different compared to how we see women in other shonen series. Um, they're not always bad in other shonen series but they're really not there like bulma is probably the largest female figure in dragon ball and she's really not there a lot of the time she's just there to tell vegeta to go get her dragon balls to make her five years younger um (laughs) a queen (laughs) (laughs) um which is cool and i love her but it's very different and it's the same thing you see in naruto in a naruto episode we talked about how bad sakura is as a character (laughs) she's awful and nobody should ever defend her um and then it's the same thing with rukia like rukia and even orihime in in bleach they just don't get the development or the strength and what full metal alchemist does is you have so many different types of women so you have olivia armstrong who aims to be the Führer of emeritus emeritus and forces her father to retire. You have Reza Hawkeye, although a secretary to Roy Mustang, she's also a professional sharpshooter and is the only person who Mustang trusts to sh- uh, to shoot him in the back if he were ever to stray from his path. The other really cool thing about their relationship is one, I ship them so hard. Shit. Two um in the at the end of the series mustang ends up losing his sight while they're battling and she ends up standing behind him and essentially calling all of the moves that's coming towards him so he can then use his alchemy to protect them both and it's really cool um and there are also plenty of times in the series where like you'll see like where reza's sharpshooting is literally the reason that people can survive Mm -hmm. it's really cool um then you have Azumi Curtis, who is probably one of the best anime mentors ever. Um, she's Ed and Al's teacher, and she's is the first known alchemist who attempted human transmutation before the brothers. So she and she tried to resurrect her child, uh, didn't work. She lost like I think like half of her insights, yes. I think, mm-hmm. and so she essentially lives in a consistent state of pain, mm-hmm. but also fights and is probably one of the best fighters in the series as well. Um, she's also an incredibly powerful alchemist, and then of course you have Winry Rockbell. Um, Winry really doesn't break any stereotypes. Winry is pretty much Boma <laughs> when you think about it, mm-hmm. but it works because you have all these other characters that really balance her out, or really balance balance that piece out. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, <laughs> half my respiratory. <respects> <laughs> I love it so much, and it hurts. Yep, and it hurts so much. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Misha, I don't know if you want to add anything. Yeah, no,
2: I think like what you said, compared to like other anime female characters that like, you know, are considered our faves, like people's like, you know, very well-known faves, I think the women of Fullmetal Alchemist, specifically Fullmetal Alchemist Brotherhood, are just so well-written and developed. And I don't, it's just, Olivia is just the best. And, and like Riza, like they are literally my two favorite ones. And it's just because they are able to hold their own but it's, like, they also have this softness to them when, like, you see how yeah. they interact with Ed and Al. So it's, like, like, Urkara Ur-Ka makes sure to, like, let these women have multiple layers. They're not just, like, a hard um, sharpshooter who doesn't care or, like, this general who, like, has no nonsense. Like, they can be both things and still, like, have this yeah. nurturing and compassionate side to them um, and a whole bunch of other stuff. But... But to your point, like Winry, like yeah, she is basically like the Boma, and like even though Winry is like you know this genius engineer and like all this other stuff, she doesn't really break any stereotypes. But like I think I still Winry's still yeah. one of my favorites though because like when you think about it, Ed would not be able to do anything
0: without Winry's tech. Um, oh yeah, no her uh, her engineering skills is it, like she literally does it for her for their entire town, right? And she she's really cool, mm-hmm. in the same way Bulma is. Bulma's yeah. tech is like super necessary. Without Bulma, there would be no Dragon Balls.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, there would be Dragon yeah. Balls, but they never would have had an adventure. She never would have met Goku, and they never would have gone and look for the Dragon Balls. Yeah. So, yeah, just they're just awesome female characters, and like I watched, I literally will watch this show anytime just because I like want to see these characters in action.
0: Yeah. Um S- supported.
1: So, uh, supported, yeah. <laughs> also, I like lust.
0: <laughs> lust is amazing. Lust is I love we lust. forgot about lust almost. I know. Lust is extremely powerful. Mm-hmm. She really hot. And she actually goes out like a freaking champ. Yeah. Uh, she she fights Roy Mustang. Her her fight with Roy Mustang is probably one of my favorite in the series. You know uh, yeah,
1: she's a gangster. Yeah.
2: That is, oh, that is one of the best fights because that's when he's like just snapping his fingers and like constantly, oh, it's so powerful. And he saves that's her great. and he saves Risa because Risa f- was fighting yep. her beforehand. See, now I need to just go rewatch all this again. <laughs> I can skip Nina. No offense, baby girl. I just can't do it again. <laughs>
0: um and the final but why though is kind of something that we that i've honestly talked about this entire time is just that like this series is more than just magic and action there are a lot of larger themes that go on in the series um after reading about the concept of the philosopher's phone erikawa became attracted to the idea of characters using alchemy in the manga um and for the equivalent exchange concept she was inspired by the work of her parents who had a farm in hokkaido and worked hard to earn money to eat Um, So Arakawa wanted to integrate all of these social problems into the stories, and one of the ways that she did that was by basing this law of equivalent exchange. You have to give something to get something back, and that is really the basis of how everything develops in the series. Um, Her research for it also involved watching television news programs, talking to refugees, uh, war veterans, and Yakuza. Like She interviewed so many people. Um, to kind of understand what their positions in life were, what their thoughts on things were, and to just get a realism added to, um, to the series. Um, additionally, when she was when she was illustrating, she used real prop guns as well. Like or not real prop guns, but like real mm-hmm. real designs of weaponry that was used in World War Two and stuff like that. Um, fun fact, all of the military generals are named after different military vehicles. Cool. Um and also, several plot elements such as Rock Rockbell caring for the Elric brothers after their mother dies, and the brothers helping people to understand the meaning of family, and, it, and she used that to expand on a lot of the other themes that she was building. Um, so the series explores stuff like discrimination, scientific advancement, political greed, brotherhood, family, and war. So Scar's backstory and his hatred of the state military references the knew people, um, who had their land taken away in a very similar fashion? Um, not not extremely. It's probably closer to how Australia treated its indigenous tribes um, than the U.S., but it was still very bad. Um, and Full Metal Alchemist, while they, while it was borrowed, while a lot of it is borrowed from European ideas for the settings and the world building, the racial tensions is specifically between between uh, Ametris and Ishval were based on the um, Ainu people and their string of wars with the Wajin, um, which uh, is ethnically Japanese. Um, their conflict dates back to the 14th century, uh, where the two nations had a tenuous relationship. The Meiji Restoration forced the Ainu people to assimilate and intermarry with the Japanese to prevent discrimination. But it was their way of erasing Ainu heritage as well. That's also something that we saw happen a lot of in the U.S. when it came to our indigenous tribes. Um, The Ainu people were given Japanese names and had to abandon their language. Another thing that happens a lot to indigenous tribes. Um, And and so Arakawa learned that her ancestors had actually displaced these indigenous people and uh, but her relatives were also half Ainu. And so she had this layer of confusion in her that she then brought to the character of Scar. Um, and Scar in particular, um, as a character, was a prominent priest who lost everything during the Ishvalan civil war. Um, and the only thing that essentially keeps him, he's a man who is too angry to die. Essentially, mm. uh, he's fueled by his vengeance in which he uses alchemy to hunt down state alchemists because they were the one who killed his people to make the Philosopher's Stone. Um, the irony in his character is that he uses alchemy even though it's considered blasphemy under Ishval's god. Um, and ultimately, the racial suppression on, uh, on the Ishvalan are topics that Arakawa brings up in her series Um, in order to open up discussions about how we treat others and the things that we've done in our histories, both Japanese and beyond. Um, There's this really cool, interesting, there's this interesting um, dynamic between Olivier Armstrong and one of her, um, one of the military men under her, who is Ishvalan. And they have this discussion about how, she doesn't see him as Ishvalan, but that, like, other people do, and it's a really interesting exchange where you get to see what happens to an Ishvalan person when they're outside of their their very small now community. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really, really good. Um, and then the Elrics, um, being orphaned and adopted by Panaka Rockbell, uh, reflects Arakawa's beliefs about how society should treat orphans. So essentially... It's this concept of everybody coming together for each other, um, and then the series also explores uh, through qu- equivalent exchange to obtain something new. You must pay something of equal value, and this is applied by alchemists when creating new materials. Um, but it's also a, I think the at the end, the end of the series, Ed confesses to Winry, and he says. Hey. I give you half of my life and you give me half of your life. And then when says, that's stupid. Why don't I just give you my whole life? And it's hilarious because it kind of points out the, the fallacy of equivalent exchange because equivalent exchange really just has to do with what you think has value, Mm -hmm. but also showcases how she kind of like brings the entire story back around. Um, but the one of the ultimate pieces of this series is that it's a series with characters based on transgress- transgression and then redemption. And at its core, the series offers up dynamic storytellings to not only your heroes, but your villains. Evil is mostly relative outside of Father and King Bradley, who are just genuinely evil, vile people. You have... Oh, and Show Tucker. he's... No, he's evil. <laughs> yeah, um- that guy...
1: That guy unredeemable literally, <laughs> unredeemable literally
0: the worst
2: person ever in anime and I put him yes. above Griffiths in Berserk yeah. yeah
1: he's up there for sure
2: the
0: worst um and but what you end up what you end up happening is you have these dynamic backstories given to people like Scar, who is initially seen as a serial killer, but you learn his tragic backstory, why he's doing this, and you start to believe, oh yeah, those state alchemists totally deserve to die, like they committed a genocide. That like you you know you get to understand it, but mm-hmm. the the better part. And the more complex part is the homunculi. The homunculi, she actually humi- humanizes, and you get to see that they aren't just evil and they aren't just one one track. And that is mostly showed with greed when he fuses with what's-his-face. I forget his name. But like oh, the, the prince of Sh- from Shing. Yeah, um. yeah, the prince from Shing. Um, but you get to see them really explore things. Um, and it's it's one of the things that I think makes this anime really, really special and then also family, like Ed and Al and the people they see as family to them. Like, it's just the links that you will go to to save the people you love, mm-hmm. but also how you'll do that by abiding by their wishes is one of the things. Um, but yeah, that's all I have for Full metal Alchemist. Dope. What do you guys think? Final thoughts?
2: Um, I did not know that, you know, the connection to the Ainu people, and I thought that was really interesting because in an, uh, another anime manga I love, um, The Golden Kmoi, um, it heavily references the Ainu people. And I learned this because, like, I did a review for the website, and I learned that, like, it was just the last few years that Japan finally recognized them as indigenous people. So I'm like, I think that's very cool that... She worked that into and that's who the Ishbalan are also like representative of. So I didn't that adds another layer. I mean, like, but when you like list all of this out and you talk about it, it seems like a lot. But I'm just I continue to be impressed how the creator captured all of this in a very, very well written characters and plot and story and everything.
0: Yeah. Adrian?
1: Uh yeah, I mean, it's always been one of my kind of favorite anime for sure. Um, and I didn't know that a woman had had done it. And I mean, if that like makes it any better or worse, but like, it's, I think it just shows like how much, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I I'm, don't know. I'm just like thinking about like the whole anime and everything that happens. And mm-hmm. I'm just like all like sad and happy. Cause I'm thinking about like the happy stuff and then like the sad stuff. And then you're like, Oh, like imperialism, like, Oh wait. Yeah. Like this was actually kind of, kind of messed up. But then you think <laughs> about like all the good stuff. Um, but I think one of the biggest reasons why I like got into this show is because of the thing that you just said there at the end, Kate. Um, Fast and the Furious is one of my favorites. <laughs> that show, that one's all about family. But like at, at the core of this, right? Like it's just like two kids who want to save their mom, like and that's beautiful, like to me. Or like that, like two kids who were, who like got into the position because they were just trying. They're just two kids trying to save their mom, mm-hmm. and I can like relate to that and like doing whatever it takes to kind of get there. But also going with the people, like, the ones who are trying to save wishes, like like you said, Kate, I think that's super powerful, and I like other shonen anime, like, I'm a big Dragon Ball Z fan, um, love Hunter x Hunter, but I, I think, like, this show just hits a little bit harder in some of those kind of deeper points, almost to the point, like, where, like, this is barely even, like, a kid's show. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, like, barely a kid's it, show.
2: Yeah. I wouldn't let a kid watch this, not that I <laughs> think. No. <Yeah>. If you're <laughs> under the I age mean, of I 14,
1: no. <laughs> Yeah, I mean I remember this being on like like you know late at night on the Cartoon Network mm-hmm. and stuff. I probably shouldn't have been watching it, but I haven't watched I haven't rewatched it in years, so I'm looking forward to kind of going back and kind of rewatching cuz it's quarantine, I have nothing else to do, so I'm definitely going to go back and watch Brotherhood, not full of Metal Alchemist, but Brotherhood. Yes. Um, to kind of see like my perspective as like as older, because I think I think I haven't, I haven't watched it since like college, so it's been it's been a few years mm-hmm. since I've gone back and rewatched it. But yeah. uh, given everything that we've talked about here and kind of like the deeper aspects of it, of two, I'm pretty sure I'm going to go into it with a kind of different mindset and things like that. And I also just want to see like less fight people because <laughs>
2: yeah. I like Lest. <laughs>
0: <laughs> She's great.
2: She's amazing. <sighs> um.
0: Yeah, I mean, I have, uh, this entire episode was kind of my final thoughts. so like, uh, <laughs> yeah, Nisha, thank you for coming, and why don't you tell everybody where they can find you? Yeah, so you
2: guys can find me on Twitter at LA underscore N-E-Y underscore S-H-A, and of course, you can listen to more of me with Kate over at Did You Have To?
0: awesome and if you like everything you heard here and you want to support us a little bit more head on over to patreon.com slash but why though pc and you can find us on all of our social media at but though pc and you can find me at Randier on twitter adrian
1: yeah you can find me on twitter at superreach93 s-u-p-e-r-r-u-i-z 93
0: and matt's not here to make a snarky comment